0: little bit about vision because we have a vision if, if you know nothing else about Ignite you realize that we got quite a lot of vision going on and uh, there was a church I heard about uh, some years ago it had Proverbs 29 verse 18 as its motto do you know Proverbs 29 verse 18 it says where there is no vision the people perish and they put it on a sign at the front and then the church sort of you know as time passed the church became lazy and lethargic and no one sort of maintained it and the grass grew long and everything looked a bit shabby and no one failed to to, uh, pick this up but they went out someone finally looked at the sign and realized the w had fallen off the front of the sign and so the sign now said here there are no there is no vision the people perish so let that not be us let's keep the w in that you know let it let it never be said of us that we will not be people of vision We can make a new commitment to the Lord today to follow His vision. And uh, I think as an optometrist by profession, I have the right to say a a thing or two about vision. You probably heard me speak on this before, but I want to do it again. Because vision is key to everything that goes on. Where there's no vision, that verse says the people perish. That word perish actually means they're without restraint. They go wild and they pull themselves apart and, and everything collapses. Who knows that's what it looks like in our country today because we have no vision in our country. They think they have vision, but it's not a vision for anything wholesome. And I think that where there's no vision, people perish. So we need to be people of vision. So in the physical world, what is vision? What is it? It's, it's the ability to be able to see that which is visible. If you can't see it, we call it invisible, and you can't see it. But in the spirit, it's the ability to see things which are invisible. It's the ability to see what, what, what can be possible using eyes of faith. Mankind will often say seeing is believing, but truly the spiritual man says believing is seeing. So it's not what you see that counts, but how you see it. Now, I want to illustrate this here. You may have seen this before. If you haven't, what's this a picture of? Now, don't shout it out if you know what it is, but what does this look like a picture of? Anybody? Henry's got something to say. Anybody a cat, a cow, an elephant, anything else? Now, we're all seeing the same thing. We're all seeing the same thing, but we're not seeing the same thing because clearly not everybody is getting that this is a cow. So if I tell you this is in fact a cow, can you see it? What's wrong? We're all seeing the same information, but some of us are perceiving something that others are not. Because we're actually influenced by a number of different factors in the things that we see. So this is, in fact, a cow. If I can point it out, the nose is here, two ears, two eyes. Who can see it now? See, a little bit of help, you can start to see, you can start to make sense of things. That's what vision is. It's not just seeing. We can all see, but we can't all understand and have vision. Vision is interpreting and understanding and perceiving what we are seeing. So what actually influences vision? Well, Jesus said in Matthew 13, uh, talking about uh, the prophecy of Isaiah, he said this, in, the case of, in their case, meaning the Pharisees, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled when it says, you will indeed hear but never understand, you will indeed see but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull and with their ears they can barely hear and with their eyes closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and I would heal with them. What's Jesus talking about there? He's talking about vision. He's, he's looking at his people straight in the eye, and he's saying, Do you, can't you see the truth of God? He's standing right in front of you, and they're going, nope, don't get it, can't see it. Now, they were religious, pious, dedicated, but they missed the entire point. They saw, but they didn't see. Helen Keller, the great uh, uh, leader of the blind and, and uh, uh, incredible woman in her day, she said this, I have walked with people whose eyes are full of light, but they see nothing. Their souls voyage through this enchanted world is a barren waste. And you probably know people like that that, that, that sort of just exist, and they have no vision. And they're just, they're running down, you know, life is something they just run down until they fall off the perch. I think God wants better for us than that, don't you? As the pastor of this church, I have to be very careful about seeking god's vision not my vision or your vision but god's vision for our church if you want a church that just maintains what god's doing you're sitting in the wrong seat because i don't do maintenance very well i have people around me that do that okay you ask fiona my my house would fall apart uh if i didn't have some sort of help in maintenance right but i want to be the guy at the front leading us and taking ground for the kingdom That's where I feel that God's called me, both here and around the world. And I don't lead followers at Ignite so much as I lead other leaders. And I want them to have extraordinary God-given visions as well. My heart's desire is that this whole church, every single one of us, including you at home, who probably should be here but can't be this morning, my vision is, my dream is that everybody is pregnant with a vision from God themselves, that they see A destiny and they are forging ahead with what they see in the spirit see because in the spirit you can see things that no one else can see have a look at this this next slide this is quite extraordinary who sees movement now there's no movement there it's a it's a fixed slide but if you look at it it sort of waves at you look at the next one it's the same sort of thing if you look at one circle do you notice the other circles are moving See, you can see things that are not just there. You can see, you can perceive if you get the right situation and the right information. So I hope that you have a vision. I hope that something is burning in your heart that you believe God has placed there. Because my job is to to call, train, equip, and release you into your God-given vision. As Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, that the man of God may be completely equipped for every good work. So today, as we think about vision, and uh, as we dream together about God, what God is doing and what God is inspiring us to do, I've asked three people to share their vision with us. The first one is uh, Eli, our new, new youth leader. Come on up, Eli. Now, he's already in the swing of things. He's got the right shoes going here, which is, I think, you know, he's, he's got the uniform, which is good. Does this measure up, Josh? Just to, the shoes Okay. He's going to share his vision with us.
1: Thank you. Uh, Good morning. Um, So I wanted to come before you and Pastor Darren asked me to come before you and share the vision for Ignite Youth going forward. Um, And I was praying into what our vision statement for this youth group will be. And God very clearly gave me go further in faith, relationships, life, which is up behind me. Uh, And I just love this because it, it covers everything in our lives and it flows from everything. It flows from one to the next. Um, when we get the faith, with it, when we get our salvation faith right with God, then we can get that relationship right with God. When that relationship is right, it flows into every other relationship in our lives and then flows into our life. And we can live a life that is full of purpose, which is to be fishers of men, to fulfill the great commission of preaching the gospel to every nation. Um, am I a dream for this youth group my vision for this youth ministry is to instill this into kids, into our youth kids, so that they themselves will be able to live this life. Jeremiah 17:7 7 to8 says, "Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream, and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought." for it does not cease to bear fruit. This is what I want to build into the lives of our kids in our ministry, uh, to see that they will never waver from their faith in God, that they'll never waver in their relationship with God, that their fruit will be abundant. And that is really, really exciting. I want to see these kids have a fire in their belly as we've got that ring of fire, that they will have a fire in their belly to be able to carry this on into the next generation and carry this ministry on, carry the church on. Yeah? The foundation has already been laid in this youth ministry and we're just going to build on it. We're just going to keep going. It's already being built on the rock and we're just going to keep building on it. Now, I come before you and what, what can you do? Um, the first thing I want to ask you to do as the church is to pray for this youth ministry. To pray, I've got three things I want you to pray for. The first being the kids already within our youth ministry. We've got some awesome kids, and I want to see them flourish in that Christian walk and in their lives with God. Secondly, please pray for the kids in our community. We have got so many kids in Namble. At Namble um, State, we've got 1,700 families represented there, and the schools aren't giving truth. Schools are pushing political agendas. They're pushing um, changing ideologies and are switching and pushing sexuality on young kids. And it's not truth. It's not biblical truth, so it's not truth at all. And youth ministries offer truth. This youth ministry will offer truth to kids. And I want you to pray that we can have a great impact in this community and in the lives of the youth within our community. Additionally, I like to ask you to pray for the youth team to pray for this team that we can have unity that we can have a good effect that our fruit as a team will never cease and also lastly i'd like to ask you to pray for the unity of the church uh, the youth groups in our local community there's seven youth groups in namble which is awesome and we do stuff together but we want to do more together because in unity there is a blessing. God commands a blessing in unity. So please pray for that unity. Please pray for that fruit in that unity. And finally, uh, as I'm standing before you, if this is something you're passionate about, if you have an excitement from this, to see youth kids saved, to see them jump into a life that is full of their purpose for God, then come and see me. I would love to get you involved in this youth ministry um and that goes to you online if you're online and you're seeing this and this is exciting and this is passionate and it's burning a fire within you come and see me come and speak to me afterwards i'd love to get you involved but yeah thank you
0: thanks eli now that's vision he's got a vision for where he wants to go he's building on what josh did before and he's got a vision for where he wants to take this ministry it's exciting times it really is Let's just pray for our youth. Father, I just pray that you would just bind our youth leaders together in unity, Lord, that you would bind the youth uh, of this community together in unity under truth, Lord God, as our youth reaches out to this local community. As all the youth groups from all of the churches try, uh, try to reach our kids, Father, I pray that you'll give us breakthrough. Lord, that we will see not only quality in lives, but also quantity as kids come in and learn the truth about what God is really about and about the fact he has a destiny for their life. So much more than being a, 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 a boy or a girl or a cat. Lord, I pray that you'd just bless them this ministry in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, <clears throat> the thing about vision is that vision is influenced by a whole bunch of different stuff. Did you know that? It's the product of, it's not just seeing, we could all see, but it's the product of everything that we've done along the way. So I want to, before we have our next uh, uh, leader come and share our vision with us, I want to have a look at what influences our vision and stops us from seeing things the way God sees us. There's a number of things that affect our vision. The first thing is our upbringing, our attitude, the attitude of our parents, the experiences we've had as kids, the home we grew up in, the area we grew up in, the school we attended or maybe we were truant from for some of us. Um, All of these affect how we see God and how we see life and how we see ourselves, Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. Timothy was a godly man. Why? Because he had godly women in his life. Thank God for godly women that can speak things into, into the lives of some of us wayward blokes. Do I hear an amen to that? Only the women spoke. What was that? Come on. Now you may have had a great upbringing or a lousy one and this affects how you view yourself, God, His vision for your life but there's great news. You can be set free from the effects of your upbringing by the power of the Holy Spirit and you can start to see with fresh eyes and get a new vision. Deuteronomy 4 verse 9 says this, only take care, keep your soul diligently. That's good advice, isn't it? Keep your soul diligently lest he forget lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen, lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. Then it says this, make them known to your children and your children's children. You see, there is a destiny that we hold in our hands, not just for ourselves. If we lose vision, our kids lose it. Our grandkids lose it. They can be lost to an eternity in hell because we lost the plot and didn't see correctly. I think we need to get it right, don't you? So parents, speak words of life to your kids, and your grandkids' lives, because the way that we are brought up matters. So, and and it really does, it influences us. Now, as an example of this, we learn to read, and then we learn to speed read, and in the 21st century, we learn to skim read, don't we? How many of you have actually read words from a website recently? Not me, I've skimmed lots of websites. Which we train ourselves to do this. So I want to give you an illustration of this. Have a look at this. You'll be able to read this pretty well, even though none of it makes sense. Read it with me. Come on. The phenomenal power of the human mind. According to. Isn't that amazing? The rest can be a total mess and you can still read it without problem. Aren't you fearfully and wonderfully made? Come on. How do you do do that? None of that makes sense. But when we have vision that's been affected by our upbringing in a positive way, that can happen. In a negative way, it can also happen as well. So that's the first thing, our upbringing can, can affect our vision. The second thing is past experience. See, negative experience can definitely affect how we see life. We superimpose negative negative experiences on everything we see, and this affects the whole of our life. Now, some of you might be there right now. Some of you will know people who are there. How many of you know people that have a problem for every solution? How many of you know that, that, that even when things go good, they look at it and say, oh, well, I'm just waiting for it to go bad. They just superimpose a negative view on everything. I hope that's not you. If it is, we can pray that stuff off. But, uh, you know, some people just have a problem for every solution. It's very frustrating. It's frustrating for them. But it's frustrating for you who are supporting and loving them. And it's really frustrating for God as well. This is why we talk about faith. Because faith is seeing with God's eyes. Seeing the positives in life and trusting God. Hebrews 11.6 Without faith it is impossible to please Him. For whoever would draw near to Him must believe that He exists and He rewards those who seek Him. So don't let failures setbacks or negatives from your life take away from your vision because it can actually affect your vision and to prove it to you I'm going to show you something this is called a negative after image you know positive ones as well but this is a negative one have a look at this stare right at the screen right at at the queen's nose don't look anywhere else don't look at me don't look around just stare at it just stare right at her nose don't look at anything else because when I take it away thank you blink a few times can you see her see that image of the queen was plastered on your on your retinas if you like and now you you are plastering that on everything you see here's another one this is amazing this uh, lovely young lady with a credit card who doesn't like a lovely young lady with a credit card um just have a look at the three dots on her nose so even if she's got a dotty nose we'll take her um, So have a look at the dots on her nose, because when we take it away and you blink a few times, thank you, you'll see her in colour. How amazing is that? You see, you, whatever you experience, you can imprint on the next thing that you experience. Uh, For negative or for positive. I believe we need positive experiences, not negative. Am I right? So that's the second thing that affects our vision. The third thing is our environment. You see, external influences can affect how we see things they may not necessarily be negative things they could be good things that distract us from the important things you know so many i don't know maybe it's just me being a pastor but so many things get thrown at you most of them are good but not all of them are god you know and you've got that's the decision you have to make lots of good stuff can distract you from the god stuff sometimes we need a reminder that we we need to see in the spirit not the flesh in 2 Kings 6, uh, Elisha was there with a, a young man who was his servant, and, and the young man walked out, there was this army assembled against him to come and capture them, and uh, Elisha didn't seem worried at all, and the servant said to him, master, how can you help be? look at all these guys out here with their swords and their, their, you know, their spears and shit, like we're in real trouble, these guys are coming to capture us, and then it says this in verse 16, Elisha said, do not be afraid, For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, please open the eyes that he might see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw, behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. That's the sort of vision we need. Is that incredible? So many of us see the circumstances and what's going on around us. We miss out on the truth, on true vision because we're busy looking at the circumstances and I feel this very much as a pastor because I look around there's so many worthwhile things I could pursue but the Lord constantly challenges me to find God's vision not my vision not what someone tells me is important but God's vision for our church and to see it in the spirit not just with physical eyes as a leadership we try and provide a positive and faith-filled environment because all of our leaders have have God-given dreams and vision. But, but things around us change how we see our life. Everything that happens in your life can change the way you perceive. Have a look at this, for example. Those lines are straight. Do they look it? They look curved, don't they? Have a look at this one. Those two middle lines, they are the same length. If I got a ruler out, they would be exactly the same length. Do they look the same? No. Why? Because other stuff around it changes how you see it look at this one those three men are the same size if I got out a ruler they would be the same size but do they look the same size what's affecting it the things around it the things that are in the environment around it affect how we see it how about this one the middle circles believe it or not are exactly the same size you don't believe me do you you can get a ruler out if you're online get a ruler out on the screen and make sure you those middle circles are the same but what affects it is what is going on around it the environment so be careful about what you let into your head the fourth thing that affects our view of ourselves many of us look look at people god's using in extraordinary ways and we say to ourselves i could never do that how many of you have said that be honest i have you know, you, you, you say, oh, I'm doing what I can. I think I'm doing okay, but then, oh, man, I'll never be as good as that. Be honest. We all think that at some times. I could never do that. I don't have the skills. I can't sing. I can't speak. I can't inspire people. Some of you might be thinking you're too old or too young. You know, some of you will be saying 20 years ago, yes, but I don't have the legs for it now. And I think God still has a part for you, folks. Even if you're online, God has a part to play. Pastor Paul preached a little while ago on times and seasons, and I can assure you that even as you get older, God has a vision for your life. You might, for example, pray more and do less. You might pay for others to do it instead of going yourself. You might speak words of encouragement that sustain the weary instead of going out there and getting weary yourself. You see, your role might change, but it doesn't mean that the vision has changed. Just the way you do it changes. My role as a pastor has changed. When I first took over this church and there were 35 people here, I led a certain way. I can't do that anymore because my role has changed. But the vision is still the same. Jeremiah 29, we know it well. Uh, Verse 11 and on. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. But we often Miss this bit out. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So those verses, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, they were given to a people who were actually in exile. They were in change. They were in bondage. They were without hope. But in the Spirit, God wanted them to see that even though things looked bad at the time, that God still had a plan for their life, that God still had a destiny for them. But it's not your destiny for you. You can't come and tell God what you want him to do for you. He says, you'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. It's not about your ability. It's about about your availability. Because I don't care how gifted or, or not you may think you are, God sees you with a role in his destiny for this nation. God sees that. The question is, do you see that? And if you keep looking at yourself and all your failings, then you won't see his destiny, but God has an incredible destiny for you. Wouldn't you like to one day, when you step off this, throw off this mortal coil and step into eternity, to know that he looks at you and says, well done, good and faithful servant. Isn't that all that we want? Well, to do that, you've got to see yourself the way God sees you. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Your nose can detect 10,000 different smells. Did you know that? That's incredible. You know, your, your, your fingers, look at the dexterity and all the bones in there. God has made you. God has a destiny for you. Have a look at this slide. I like this. This is an actual slide of an actual room. And those people are roughly the same size. But they don't look it, do they? Because the room is distorting the way they see it. So you need to see yourself as the big one. You need to see yourself as a victor. You need to see yourself with authority because the blood of Jesus has bought us all of this stuff. If only we would say, Lord, use me. If we would open ourselves up to him and say, use me. It's not about how good you are. It's about your heart. It's about your heart. The fifth thing that affects our vision is our faith godly vision is seen with eyes of faith even when nothing seems to exist right now paul wrote to the corinthians in in 2 corinthians 4 verse 18 we look not to the things that are seen but to the things that are unseen because the things that are seen are transient but the things that are unseen are eternal someone who is moving into an area that doesn't exist at the moment in our church i want to introduce you to in a tick but we We've had a look at the structure and we want to change the structure. And so we've invented a spot. We feel it's in the Lord. We really feel that it's, it's the Lord speaking to us about this. And, and Kenny is moving into an area that, that and Kenny and Joe, thank you, um, that, that doesn't exist, but we're speaking it into being. But we believe it's going to be a pivotal way that our church is structured and just help us support all of our leaders all down the line. So I'm going to pass over to him for a tick. Thank you, sir.
2: bless you Uh, Proverbs 22 verse 6 well-known verse says train up a child in the way he should go even when he is old he will not depart from it Um, Eli mentioned about uh, education uh, when he had a few minutes with the microphone Um, and you know the enemy is doing that the enemy is doing that the enemy is training up people in the way that he thinks that they should go Um, we are in a mess we're an absolute mess I was looking at um, uh, UK just the other day, um, they're having a pride march in, in London. Uh, and it was stopped because there's activists there uh, who think the world is gonna blow up because of climate change. Uh, and you know, you got two parties fighting off on their ideologies. Uh, but young people today have got no idea about the Lord. I've been shocked this last year uh, doing street work and, and asking people, um, you know, what do you know about Jesus? And they go, who? Who? They haven't even heard of the name of Jesus. Some who have, I've spoken to them and said to them, what do you think the cross of Christ was all about? They go, I haven't heard about, I've heard of Jesus. What what do you mean the cross of Christ? They're not being taught in schools, not being taught in home. How can we train up the way that they should go unless we speak to them? Uh, How will they hear unless someone is sent to them? Um, And so uh, something happened to me in the Philippines I'm a mess from time to time, as I'm sure you appreciate, but I was sitting in a, in a Filipino church, and um, uh, half the church were under the age of 20 years of age, and there was young people playing the guitar and drums and singing and, uh, and, and speaking and praying. And, uh, and I'm just weeping as I'm looking at these young people. And I said to Darren, wouldn't it be amazing to pastor a church like this? Uh, there are young people who are on fire for the Lord. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it took me back about 25 years. 25 years ago, I was doing evangelism in a church in England, and uh, the pastor of the church came to me and said to me, oh, look, we need someone to do like a kid's thing in the middle of the service. Can you do like 10 minutes, teach the kids, just do them a story or do something? And I went, uh, no, no way am I going to do that. I'll preach to the adults, but I I have two small children, but I don't even relate to my own children, far less other people's children. So there's no way I'm going to do that. But thank you for asking. I went home, went to bed, went to sleep. The Lord woke me up in the middle of the night and rebuked me and says, Kenny, I thought you had a heart for souls. I said, Lord, you know that I do. And they said, well, kids have souls too. Kids have souls too. I went, oh, okay, you kind of got me. All right, if you give me something, I'll do it. Otherwise, the deal's off. And uh, he woke me up a couple of hours later with this uh, this vision uh, for how to touch children with the gospel. And it uh, involved me dressing up in all sorts of different costumes and doing silly voices, uh, even singing and dancing, which are far from my 40 <laughs> in the Lord. Um, but I ended up uh, planting a kids' church. We had 60 kids from the community would come, uh, we'd pick them up by a bus, bring them into the the, the church. Uh, and have 90 minutes uh, of, of just incredible... Uh, kingdom ministry, and so many uh, young children saved. Uh, and so I was radically changed and transformed. Everything the Lord's asked me to do, I've had absolutely no gifting in. And <laughs> but He's uh, who He calls, He, he equips. Um, and so uh, the years went by, my kids grew up. They, they, some of them got married, some of them had children. Uh, our son, we're still praying for come on, you can do it. <laughs> Um, and we've gone into other areas. But in the Philippines, the Lord said, you know, you've got to do something. You've, there are other people in the church, sure, but you've got to do something. And so um, I really felt this call uh, to, to, to do something within the space of young people. And so uh, this, this um, um, passage from Proverbs is, is vital because we have to look at children really from the cradle uh, into uh, adult full-on service and ministry. Uh, We we talk about discipleship, but we don't really relate it to children. You know, we have a a, a children's church, we have youth, we have young adults and so on. But oftentimes those departments become um, uh, separated, segregated. um, And actually we need to have a systematic approach uh, when someone is born in the church uh, to see them 20 years later, 25 years later, uh, ministering in churches, uh, on the streets, evangelizing, playing guitars and worshiping the Lord. We have to do that. And so we have to look at a systematic, uh, um, uh, almost a John Wesleyan uh, methodological approach uh, to how we actually do that. Um, And so um, I want to now uh, oversee the whole sort of, I guess, next gen, next generation uh, within the church. Uh, Kids church, the youth, the young adults, um, give these guys, my job is make sure he does his job and make sure he's successful. Um, And so looking to train, to mentor, and actually look at the Word of God. Because even, even grown-up kids who have been in the church uh, all their lives, and this is not just this church, all the churches I've been to, uh, you ask them about the Bible, and they have little ideas of Jonah and the whale, and there's Noah and the ark, and a couple of bits and pieces. Uh, but actually, they don't have, oftentimes, a comprehensive understanding of the Word of God. And so that has to change. That has to change. So we have to look at the whole area uh, of teaching the Bible from, from, from cradle to the grave. Um, so, uh, and also, uh, we have to be mission-minded, and, and Eli mentioned that. We have to be mission-minded in each of those departments. Kids have to be mission-minded. Youth have to be mission-minded. Young adults have to be mission-minded. We need to outreach. We can't just uh, do our own little thing and have a, have a nice little party within the church. And so it's a, it's a revolutionary way uh, to look at how we uh, touch young people with the gospel, uh, how we train them, disciple them, um, and release them. Uh, to be productive for the king.
0: Amen. Yeah, put your hands together for that. (laughs) We're so blessed to have so many people who have vision. And I believe God is laying vision on the hearts of people all the time. Maybe he's doing it right now in your heart. But if we have a vision here at Ignite, and and we do, and it's a big vision, our vision is not to, to maintain what we've got. It's to take ground for the kingdom that's why we join with other churches because no one church can win this city for christ we have to join with others you know no one church is the only answer we have to there's there's strength when we join together and we unite our vision with others our vision is not to maintain but to take ground both here and around the world i'm not here to play games i'm not here to play church i'm here to move ahead and so is our team And I'm already seeking God. I'm starting to pray, as Cindy would know. I'm I'm praying into and producing some training that we hope can reach around the world to encourage thousands of pastors all around the world. We want to take the world for Christ. That's our vision, but it starts right here. But what good is it if the Lord gives me a vision and I don't tell anyone? Uh, The Bible says to write it down and make it known because how can anyone expect to join a church when they don't even know what the vision is. Habakkuk 2 verse 2 says, the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads with it. Now, I used to spend time reading all these sort of uh, training, leadership training books and all that sort of stuff. And 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 I used to, we spent hours and hours and hours trying to figure out a mission statement and a vision statement. Have you ever done that? And, and like we put hours and put, writing all this stuff and it was lengthy and it was trying to cover everything and god really rebuked me one day and said i said make it plain not that stuff i realized i'd written out this big elaborate uh you know vision of where i wanted the church to go and da 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 not one person in my team could recite that after about 10 minutes let alone after a week let alone after a year i couldn't even recite it and I tried, and I couldn't do it. It was, so, it was just out of control. So God said, I said, make it plain. And so what I felt he laid on our heart was to have a mission and vision statement that was so easy, everybody could get it and remember it. And you know what it is. Real people, it's written on the back there, real people, real community, real God. That's what we're about. We take a real God into our real community and we're real people i don't want a bunch of fake people i don't want fake news i want real news i want good news and so it's real people real community and i said every time church breaks up when most of us are here people are praying for one another having coffee you know they're getting together for lunch that's community we need to have community we're not in this alone that's the the challenge for you online is to is to still maintain contact with the community because we are here for one another. That's what a community is. And of course, real God, because he is awesome. And, you know, we have a vision for the future. We're normally full. We're not at the moment, but we're, we're improving our toilets out there. Well, thank you very much for crossing your legs as you came in. Um, you know, we've got visions of putting a hole in the wall and extending and all this. Stuff. The vision keeps on rolling out. But, you know, vision, it's like a moving target. Every time you get close, it seems to move further out because that's what God-given give, God vision does. It's exciting. And so I want to uh, share a really exciting vision. You know, of course, of the ministry of Lily House. But I've asked my wife Fiona to come and share her God-given ministry for, and dream for something new. And this is the first time we're officially going to announce this coming up. And she got the memo, obviously, we're, we're you know, we're in the right color together
3: thank you good morning church family i'm just going to briefly share um, with you our next community project now most of you here are probably familiar with what we do at lily house and you're also you'll all be familiar with the changes that we've seen in our community since covid a huge one being the increasing cost of housing here on the coast massive rent rises financial stress on families and an increase in homelessness Fear, depression, anxiety, and domestic and family violence. In the past year, at Lily House, we have been inundated with phone calls from people desperate to escape women, desperate to escape domestic and family violence, and needing affordable housing. And according to Australia's National Research Organisation for Women's Safety, on average, one woman a week in Australia is killed by an intimate partner and one in four have experienced at least one incident of violence by an intimate partner. And of these women, over 82% never reported it to the police. And I believe that Jesus is the answer to the mess that our society is in. But we, the church, are the face of Jesus for our community. And unfortunately, most of those in desperate need will not come to the church. So we, the church, need to go to the community. Isaiah 61, Verse 1 says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty for the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. So I'd like to introduce you to our latest project called Grace Haven Cottages. See? Okay. Our resident architect here, Tanya Evert, has completed all the design work here and the council have given us the green light to go ahead. We have been donated a block of land that will fit five homes on it. Three two-bedroom cottages and two three-bedroom cottages. We have a builder and we're ready to build. All we need is 1.5 million to complete the project. The plan is to have five homes fully fitted out with everything a woman and her children will need. Furniture, linen, kitchen appliances, etc. security gates, cameras, everything. But it's not just housing these women and children need. They need love and support. They need Jesus. And I have a plan for that too, once the families move into these homes. So what I'm asking you, the church, is to join me in praying and believing for the finances needed to complete this project, praying for our community, especially women and children who are suffering domestic and family violence, and pray that our church, Ignite, can make a difference in this community. Thank you.
0: Is that exciting or what? I tell you, this place is just full of vision, and I love it. So if you're new to Ignite, you need to know we're a church with vision. And we haven't arrived yet. We continue to forge ahead. But as I say, success is a moving target. When you think you've, you've achieved it, there is more. There is always more. Because my Bible says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly, above all we can ask or think, and I can ask and think a lot. And he can do exceedingly abundantly beyond that. So am I worried that we need $1.5 million for Grace Haven? Not at all. Not at all. God will provide this money. I don't know where from, but he will provide it. Because if, as we have faith and we know it is anointed of God, it's sailed through counsel. Do you know we got through a year's worth of, of planning and checks and all the other stuff that they do in one hour? wasn't it tanya you were there we 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 and uh yeah you were there as well we we sat in this room they got all the stakeholders in the room and they all went yes 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 i'll change this do this and everything was done within one hour if you don't believe in miracles that is a miracle the council can get something done in one hour is incredible so god has given grace and favor here for grace haven cottages we just need 1.5 mil easy pickings i think for him you know we keep dreaming together if you have dreams of ministry come and see me later because if you're patient and if you seek god and if it's his will it will come to pass but let me ask you the question some of you are sitting here saying well that's very good but i don't have really a vision you might be thinking well god gives visions to all these other people but i have nothing how many of you have prayed and said god give me a vision for something in ministry and nothing's happened well maybe you have a deep desire within you know the first part of having a vision in ministry is having that desire and if you have that desire but you have no vision that's okay because it's like saying well i've got eyes but i have no vision but we can do that if we get them functioning correctly maybe you have that deep desire within you but you're not sure if it's god and you're not you know but let me speak to you directly if you don't have a specific vision if you're sitting here saying well there's lots happening in the church but I don't really have a vision in my own heart for something. Let me give you one word of advice. Join someone who does. Because if if you don't have a vision in your heart, link him with someone who does. Because before long, God will open out a vision for you. Do you know the fastest way to grow your ministry is to lay it at the feet of someone else's ministry. That's the fastest way to grow it. I was a little guy years ago, strumming a guitar, You know, building out a few rock tunes, traveling far and wide, playing at little tiny churches all over uh, New South Wales, Victoria, and Queensland, and and I just said, Lord, I just want to serve you. I just want to serve you. A guy called Bill Newman, who was a big evangelist, uh, heard me. God spoke to him. I had a meeting with him, and I said, Bill, I just want to serve you. And he dropped every other artist, and he started taking me. And now this week, I'm flying to Fiji to sing in front of thousands of people, not because I'm good enough but because I laid my ministry at his feet. And then God raised it up. I didn't do it. I'm not that good. I'm not that talented. But God chooses to raise you up. So if you haven't got a vision, lock in with someone who does. In Exodus 24, it says this, Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and the rules. And all the people answered with one voice, all the words that the Lord has spoken, we will do see Moses was visionary he had spiritual vision and God spoke to him as if to a friend but the people they didn't have that but they said well we're going to join your vision we're going to get behind you and we're going to seek to serve the Lord with that so if you do this you often catch their vision and then God often gives you visions for other stuff I've got to tell you on my leadership team I don't have all the answers when we have team meetings People are coming up with ideas and we it's a safe place you can throw ideas in and many of them I haven't got. You know all the good ideas that happen around Ignite Church? I didn't figure them out. We did it as a team. Someone else spoke these things and and I said, That's a good idea. I'll run with that. That's cool, you know, and we talk about it and so on. So you know, you can contribute in some way. Have a look at this. This is another one of those freaky things. On this side, on the left hand side, what's that a picture of? You can see it. There's 101 of them. Can you see it? The Dalmatian with its nose to the ground. It see, its nose to the ground here, its body's across here. Can you see it? Yeah. And now, what is it on this side? Depends on who you are. You see a couple looking out, but what else do you see? Who sees a baby? Can you see the baby from the surrounds there? How cute is that? It's even got toes. You see, if you join together, you can see things. How about this one? I like, like some of these. These are fun. These are actual photographs. So this lady is not on a flying carpet, but she looks like it. It's just a, a trick. Look at these guys. They're losing their head. This guy's lost his head over it already. And I love this guy trying to pull a plane down. You know, it's incredible, isn't it? Your eyes, your vision can be tricked. But you can also see truth. So if you're not sure what God wants for your life, hang around here. Every day, God is raising people up and making their ministry dreams come true. That's why we gave you that little little um, um, form today. We want you to ask God, where can you plug in? There's so much happening and it's so much fun. You know, we live in an age where, where people are chasing stuff all the time. They're chasing words and prophets and ministries and revivals. I talk to people all the time going from church to church or website to website to try and find the next big thing. But my experience is that the next big thing is what God wants in your life and you don't get it by flitting around everywhere. Find a place, whether here or somewhere else, but put your roots down. Because if there's no root, there's no fruit. And people who flit around all these places, you know, and you might be searching for a church and that's okay. When you find one, put your roots down because you won't amount to anything in god if you don't sink your roots down you need that sustenance there that's how gardens grow that's how god grows stuff so plant yourself no root no fruit but god has of course the perfect vision he has super x-ray vision like super wouldn't you like to have x-ray vision like superman to or, or or god's vision to see so far ahead into eternity Now, we can't do this physically, of course, but God can do this. And wouldn't it be amazing to have God's eyes installed in our head so we could see like he does? Well, the great news is that if we're willing, we can have this spiritual transplant. We can start to see things as he does. And when when that happens, it's a game changer. It changes everything when you see things God's way. 1 Samuel 16, verse 7, the great prophet Samuel looking for the next king had all the, the, the sons of Jesse lined up there. He gets the first one it's got to be this guy he looks fantastic remember he picked saul saul was a pretty good looking guy tall strong this guy looks great but the lord says this verse seven do not look on his appearance or on his high, on the height of his stature because i have rejected him for the lord sees not as man sees man looks on the outward appearance but the lord looks on the heart and that's the sort of vision we need that that is the lord's vision not ours And what's vision look like? Isaiah 55, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts than your thoughts, and my ways than your ways. If we draw closer to God, He will draw closer to us, and He has perfect vision. He sees it all. He sees everything that's happening all the time, and we need to plug into that. Don't you agree? Rather than rely on our own physical eyes. James 4 says, he gives more grace, therefore it says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, your sinners. Purify your hearts, your double-minded, James says. So we have an amazing vision for for the future of our church. We want to impact community in hundreds of ways and you can be a part of it in some way. All it takes is what that verse says, you know, humility, uh, submission, resistance to the devil, and then purity. And it takes a heart after God. Psalm 37 verse 4 says this, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Does that mean if I delight myself in the Lord, I get a Tesla? Or or a Ferrari? I think I'd rather have a Ferrari. Anyway, um, but no, it doesn't. It says, delight yourself in the Lord that's delighting in the tesla i want to delight myself if you delight yourself in the lord he gives you the desires of your heart why because your desires conform to his desires when you delight yourself in the lord and then he, and then what you really want is what god wants as well and so it's brought to pass you know grace haven Colleges. it looks impossible in the natural you can give me 1.5 million reasons why it can't happen but i'm telling you right now god's in this and it's going to happen I can see it. I can feel it. I have the vision for it. It's out there. I can see it coming to pass. How exciting is that, that we can impact our community like that? We have to trust him. There's a little fish called four eyes in the Amazon, and uh, it's a funny-looking thing. That's it there. It features a large large bulging eyes on the top of its head. Now this fish can cruise just under the top of the water with the upper half of each eye above the surface. The top half of the eye has a different lens to the bottom half of the eye. Isn't that amazing? I wonder how that evolved. Not. Um, The top half of his eyes has a different lens which amounts to a fish having a set of bifocals giving it vision above the water and also beneath the water simultaneously. But the difference is, this fish doesn't complain about his bifocals. Sorry, professional crack there. This is the kind of vision we need as Christians. We need to have our eyes fixed on the needs of those around us. Be aware of the snares of the enemy. But at the same time, we need to have part of our eyes looking up and fixed on Jesus. Do I hear an amen? Amen. You know, we need to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, and on eternity. So that's the thing, folks. What we focus on determines what we will actually see. And in the end, with all the vision flowing around Ignite, it all comes down to one thing. We must focus on Jesus. We're not doing this to big note ourselves or build an empire. We are doing this to advance the kingdom of God, and our eyes are fixed on Jesus. Nothing more, nothing less. That's what it all comes down to. Let me share with you quickly as we finish up a story about Hudson Taylor. You might know him, the great missionary to China. Well, he got touched by the Lord, he decided to go to China and he was immediately engulfed when he got there in financial crises, uh, language difficulties, homes, homesickness, personal conflicts with other missionaries. He grew bitterly depressed. Then he received a letter from a friend called John McCarthy who told him to try this, and I quote, try abiding, not striving nor struggling. Christ himself is the only power for service, the only ground for unchanging joy. Hudson Taylor said this, as I read, I saw it all. I looked to Jesus and then I saw, oh, how the joy flowed. As to work, mine was never so plentiful nor so difficult, but the weight and the strain are gone. This transformed Hudson Taylor's life. We know him as the father one of the fathers of missions, and uh, when he died, China Inland Mission had 800 missionaries in China. He, he rediscovered the vision. He tried to do it in his own strength, and then he realized he couldn't do it. Unless the law builds the house, we labor in vain. Amen? So Jesus said in John 15 verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches, whoever abides in me and I in him, He it is who bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. We sang it earlier. Remember we sang that song, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Say it with me. Look full in his wonderful face. And what? Things of earth grow in the light of his glory and grace. The things of earth grow strangely dim. If we are going to take ground for the kingdom, folks, we have to have our eyes fixed on Jesus. And then the other stuff fades away let me prove it to you have a look at this see this slide i want you to look at the dot in the middle you can see there's a gray sort of circling thing around it stare at the dot in the middle don't look anywhere else does that that gray area fade away it does doesn't it if you focus on the middle the other things fade away what a beautiful song of truth focus on jesus and all the troubles fade away. you still got to deal with them, but they fade away. If you have a vision in your heart, I believe you're in the right place because we have vision too. And we want to win our world for Christ. But let me give you one positive after image as well. We'll pop the next slide up. Have a look at those four dots. Don't look anywhere else. Just look at those four dots. And when we take them away and you blink a couple of times, what do you see? Jesus. You can imprint Jesus on everything if you want. It's up to you. So on Vision Sunday, with half of our people laid off with sickness and travel and everything else, I'm telling you we have a vision. And I believe that God has placed visions in your life as well. And it may not be. I know some of you are thinking, oh, I'm older. There's nothing I can really do for God. I want to speak against that right now because you're never too old for God. I know he's not here this morning, but I bet he's listening. But Doug, I'm a huge fan of Doug. And, you know, physically he's getting more frail. But I tell you what, his spirit is still there and that man can pray. And I love you, Doug. If you're listening, I love you. You know, this, this man has been, he's been a backbone to me. He's been, he's been just, he's built me up so much because that man can pray. That's his ministry. And age doesn't weary that. Age doesn't dim that because he's called of God. So I want you to bow your heads for just a moment. We're going to do something different this morning. I'm going to ask you to search your heart. Has God given you a ministry, something that, that is laid on your heart, might not even be in this church, might be outside of this church. I don't know. But I believe God is speaking to us this morning. If you have a vision in your heart that you believe God has placed there, even if it hasn't manifested yet, even if it hasn't started yet, maybe it's a new idea that everyone says, Oh, no, no one's gonna go for that. But if God's placed something in your heart, some dream, something you want to do in the Lord, something you, some mark you want to make on this world, some future that you want to find in this world. If God's placed something in your heart, I'm just going to ask you to stand where you are. We're going to finish up differently today. But if God's spoken to you and you have a vision, either for within this church or outside this church, maybe you're moving in it already. So I'm hoping my leadership stands. But if you, God's put a vision on your heart, any vision, Whatever it is for, just stand wherever you are. Some of you have had visions in your heart and you feel like they've died. I want to speak life into those right now. I want to say that vision you thought has gone, that vision you thought had, 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 had exploded and in your face and, and everything fell apart, I'm telling you that the gifts of God are without repentance and if that vision is still burning within you somewhere just stand where you are we don't have to know what the vision is i'm just asking to stand where you are if god is speaking to you might be something new and different let's just pray together lord as we speak vision into life in this place even more so father i pray that you would speak to the hearts of every person standing whatever vision it is However crazy or weird or bizarre or whatever, if it's of you, Lord, it will come to pass if they are faithful, if they serve, if they step out in faith. And Lord, I pray right now for boldness among the people who are standing to, to reach for that vision, to go for that vision and say, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to step out. I'm going to take a chance. If you don't take a chance, nothing happens. You've got to step out and take a chance. And yes, you might fall flat on your face, but who cares? If you take a chance in God, He will love and support you. He might even shape your vision and, and take you where He wants it to go. But you can't steer a ship that's not moving. It has to be moving for the rudder to bite and to be steered. If, even if you're in the wrong direction, He'll use that, that rudder to bite and turn you in the right direction. So if you've got a vision in your heart right now, I want you to pray this with me. Say, Lord Jesus... I commit this vision to you. I promise to be faithful to you, to humbly serve you and to walk humbly with you. And I trust you to make the vision come to pass in Jesus' name. Now, just as we continue in an attitude of prayer, if you're not standing if you're seated at the moment, so you're not sure of a vision, you haven't really got one, maybe you had one and it died, and you're not really sure, I don't know. But I want you to look around at the people who are standing. Because they're people with something burning in their heart. And the fastest way to grow a vision is to link it in with someone else who has, has link it in with someone else who has a vision growing in their heart. And I know many of you you know, you're not sure of, of your next step, but I want you to just briefly look around at those who are standing. And for those who are seated, I want you to pray this with me this morning. Say, Lord Jesus, I open my heart to you. Give me a fresh vision that I might serve you and serve others in the kingdom of God. Lord, I thank you that you've imparted vision this morning. We've seen some of our team who've spoken about where they want to go with their lives and with their vision. But right now, Lord, I pray that for this church, that we will be a church that not just expands but takes ground for the kingdom of God. Lord, I pray that this will be a church that is about real people reaching a real community with a real God. And Lord, we just commit our church to you. And we pray, Father, that you will continue to lead and guide us in truth. Lord, we pray for the churches of this area as we serve together. May we see revival explode in this city in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, may we be sitting right under the spout. Lord, make it happen, we pray. We have vision. We believe for you. And we want to serve you with all of our hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand together.